And we're on, Maddie. Welcome, everybody, to the High Jiu-Jitsu Podcast. Welcome. Episode 25. Quarter of a century in, Maddie. How does it feel? It's pretty good. Pretty good. I think it's been fun. I think it's it been really, really fun. Yeah, I'm definitely enjoying it. Shooting the uh, shape with you. I hope, everyone, I hope everyone else is enjoying it. I think so. Um, I hope they're getting something out of it. Yeah, that's what I hope as well. So we're here for your people, and we're here one more time. Uh, episode 25, it's a big one today. It's an exciting one. Um, and it's, should we get back into it, right into it? Straight into it. Let's go, let's go. Predator versus prey, the strategy of Gracie Jiu-Jitsu. What does this sound like to you, Matty? Are you the mouse or you're the mouse trap? Oh, Thanks, everybody, for the High Jitsu podcast. It's been a great podcast. Done. <laughs> Listen, I, I thoroughly um, I love that idea, okay? Predator versus prey. Well, there is strategy to this art of jiu-jitsu. And, for example, when you start in class, you start jiu-jitsu for the first few classes of your jiu-jitsu journey, and most of the time it's like it's technique based right so like you learn technique one technique two technique three um within all of these techniques underneath these techniques on top of nothing more underneath is an understanding of strategy Mm. the strategy of this martial art and you just nailed it you know like the way we kind of talk about this um, on the mats at higher is the ability to set traps mm. so that the mouse goes to the trap. The trap doesn't grow legs and then run off to the mouse. And the mouse like wakes up and goes, oh, what's that? Well, there's a trap in front of me. Let me eat that trap. Hey, this cheese is coming towards yeah. me. How good is life? <laughs> no, the mouse goes seeking for the cheese does right and the trap is there the trap is under the fridge there's a trap under the door there's a trap in every different little spot mm-hmm. there's a trap you know underneath my side control if you push in a little bit here there's a trap if you try to bring your leg up to mount there's going to be a trap there there are yeah. traps everywhere and it relies on as a predator your prey comes into those traps yes right so let's get into it maddie the octopus, everyone, this is a podcast, uh, a, a blog post that I wrote a while ago. We'll see how, that, how it goes, but we can, we're just going to talk and discuss around it as we usually do. The octopus is an alien-like creature that resides under rocks and crevices amongst our beaches. It's quite ugly, incredibly intelligent, and it tastes delicious. No. Come on, Maddie. Don't like seafood. Look, I know I, I'm Greek and I'm from the islands of Greece. So octopus is like my breakfast, it's lunch, like a and dinner. Delicacy. Usually, yeah. yeah, we eat it all the time. You can't not like octopus, bro. Octopus is like the snake of the sea. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Octopus is delicious. Okay, all right. Come on. Do you have like you ever o- tried octopus? How about that? See, yes, yes, I have. You have tried. I have. It's like chew. No, not chewy. If you cook it properly. Yeah, I don't eat any seafood. Come on, matey. Anyway, back to Look, the octopus. The octopus, yeah, but when you start talking about food with me, I just Sorry. get really, really excited and <laughs> can get sidetracked very easily. The octopus moves with the grace of a belly dancer. Mm. Do you know what that means? As each of its eight elastic tentacles move in various directions. Did you know that each arm of an octopus has a brain of its own? No. Mm-hmm. And they're all doing and feeling for different things. With the very own nociceptors along each limb. I had to look that one up. I hope I said it right. But those little like suction cups. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like the feelers of the octopus's limbs. They sense pain. They predict danger. They grab, they grab, they hold, and they pull what and as they please. It's how this creature navigates through its environment, changes color. It adapts itself and adjusts to its changing tides and environment. It goes with the flow. It's on alert for potential predators. It grips like a vice and it's ready to throw down if ever the situation arises. On the mats, be an octopus. You know, the very first time I ever did jujitsu, mm-hmm. and this was a guy who was like, had done maybe 
six months to a year of training and I had done of, of, of grappling yep. and I'd done none, the way I would describe that was like being wrapped up by an octopus. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt. Yep. As a white belt, you are getting smothered by an octopus. Yep. Like, especially against the higher belt. It's like everything you do, there's just like this, this, this weird leg or an arm coming from nowhere to completely control you. And you're like, how is that happening? Yeah. It's this so... I still remember... I, I vividly remember that first role and how I felt. Um, it's incredible. Yeah. Octopus is such a great analogy. Yeah. So there's many things, many like parallels we can draw with the octopus, Maddie. Um, for example, today we did a, a different aspect of psych control, a psych control class, and the high jiu-jitsu students would know that we've got two escapes from bottom side in the white to blue belt curriculum where you go to the guard and then you turn to your knees and go to the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the time in psych control, all the time in our jiu-jitsu, we have a, every job, like every limb has a job. Far leg is the anchor foot, Close leg is the floating leg. Knee leg float is the floating one. Mm-hmm. Um, the arm is always either controlling the head, let's say, or doing like controlling the far arm. Mm-hmm. And the knee side arm is controlling either the hip or the head or uh, sorry, or the, or the arm or shoulder or something. And to people that are listening, it probably doesn't, um, you can't understand that, but but the, the, the gist of it is that every every limb has a job in jiu-jitsu yes and that's really really important because your partner has two arms and two legs and a head and a spine and a torso and you have the same thing Mm. so if your arm isn't doing something isn't checking something of your partners isn't gripping to the sleeve or isn't doing something of the sort then that's one tool that you've got um, that's not doing its job Mm. You know, so as an octopus has its a brain of its own for every tentacle, it's like we have a mind of our like every limb of ours has a mind of its own as well. You have um, to learn to develop it if you don't. That's well. That's that's part of like coming to class as a white belt, and you like okay, this is me. This is my body, and you haven't learned to differentiate the left arm from the right arm. Yeah, you might be doing like sometimes, you know, but especially not with grappling. Yeah, it's so unique. If you're walking, every le- like your legs are doing the same thing, but just in different, like in a different mm. rhythm. You know, it's rare that you know your one leg is pushing against one thing, and there's another leg that's pulling against something else. But when it comes to jiu-jitsu, um, that's everything that you're doing. You know, mm. this arm here, this leg there, and not only that, when your opponent moves, you have to adjust. You know, so you're feeling what's going on with your floating leg, yep. which is going to cre- which is going to give you feedback to determine what your hips are going to do. And your floating leg is also receiving data from your floating, from the anchor foot is receiving data from the floating leg yep. to dictate what that's going to do as well. And then you're, yeah, it's all, it's all giving information and also having a job at the same time. Yeah. And that's really, really crucial. It's so important that, that everything is, um, has a job, mm-hmm. right? Because that is your center for defense. We have to stay in defense all the time. So, for example, when there's, um, we used to go like fishing for like spear fishing for octopus. Yep. Um, up the coast and down the coast and all of that with my uncles and uh, um, my cousins and that. And I remember once, I'm not the best fisherman my dad's not a really a fisherman he's like the only Colombian that's not a that's not a fisherman he likes to go buy his fish whereas every other Colombian likes to go fishing and catch his own fish so um Galinos is the island where my dad's from so I remember I was fishing I was like you know um under the in the water and I was like just swimming over a rock and the rock looked just normal and then I I zoomed in and I was like is that an octopus? And it looked exactly like the rock. It was completely camouflaged. Yep. And I had a look, and I had a spear gun. And I was like, let me just give it a try. And you see this, like these eight tentacles go flying, and I caught it. Nice. And I, and I crapped myself. I didn't know what to do after that. You know, <laughs> I didn't want to touch him. And then, like, I was holding it down, and I put my head above water. I said, Nick, 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 to my cousin, like, come, come, come over here. And, 
do what has to be done. Yep. And he came down and he caught it. You know, I think they have to like what they do is they pull the head inside out and it kills the octopus straight away. And you like you, you tie it up to the to the little boy that you have. Yep. Um, and then you keep going, catching more and more. Um, and that was awesome. So my my point is the octopus camouflages to what's to to its environment. Yes. It adapts itself to the environment. It can't change the color of the rock, but adapts it adapts itself. Mm. And that's what it does. And that's then the octopus is waiting for a fish to kind of um, unassumingly come and swim over the top of it so it can come and, and catch it. Mm. You know, so the, the octopus can't just swim around in its own free will because if there's something that comes along and sees it that's bigger than it, that's stronger than it, then it's going to get gobbled up. Mm. And that's not smart, right? So the octopus has to set these little traps and it, it itself becomes a trap. Mm. Um, and so that's really, it's a really interesting thing because it's, it's staying in defense mode until the time that it's called to counterattack, you know, and come against like the, the something that it, the, it can be a predator and or it can be a prey, right? Depending on its strategy. Yeah. An octopus has a really good strategy because it's intelligent. Octopus is like, I'm going to sit here, I'm going to sit back and wait for the right moment to come and, you know, expose myself. Because if an, if an octopus exposes itself um, unnecessarily, there's a big risk that it has to face before like I come along with my spear gun and kill it. Or, you know, um, an octopus comes, uh, sorry, a dolphin comes and eats it up, you know, or... You know, I can think of another... Um animal that also has eight legs that behaves the same what's that spiders uh-huh if you like how does a spider catch its prey it, it does a web it doesn't go hunting and go ah oh, i know that there's some flies that are gonna live over there and it it can't fly and and i mean they can jump or whatever but no it spins a web yep. of this sticky stuff and it just chills out all day and it waits yeah it waits until a fly or a bee or whatever flies into the web and gets stuck but even then it doesn't rush it lets the the thing get stuck and struggle for a while burn out its energy Mm. and then it moves over to it and wraps it up yeah it lets it get stuck and burn its own energy out before it even bothers to to move towards it yeah wow that's really cool and the thing, Maddie, about jujitsu is I feel like this was me, and I'm speaking from experience. I think you are too. You can make your own mind in a second when I say it. Um, and I think a lot of people are trying to be a spider that's running after the flies. Yes. And then when the spider's running after a fly, and then Mr. Maddie comes along, oh, there's a spider, slop, stomp. Yeah. You know, and it gets killed. Yeah, absolutely. You know, or, you know, a bird comes along and sees that big spider, whoop, comes along mm-hmm. and eats it, you know. Whereas if the spider had stayed in that little corner. And just waited. And just kept working on its web, then before you know it, there's the prey that comes to you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's, that is um, strategy right there. Yeah, it's a good strategy too. I think you once said it to me. Why, why is it a good strategy? It's, it's efficient. It's intelligent. It mitigates risk, right? Yes. It puts itself in the position where it has the most likelihood of being successful to eat. And staying safe and not getting eaten. Yes. I think you once said it. I think it was you. I can't remember. Maybe it was in one of these other podcasts we've done. 25 now. I mean, Uh we've talked. That's 25 hours of us talking. So We're professional podcasters. Almost. (laughs) Almost. Um, But a lot of people, as you said, are in that mindset of hunting for things. Mm-hmm. rather than letting him come to, to us. And I think we were talking about competition jiu-jitsu versus self-defense in that competition jiu-jitsu can be very much about stealing jiu-jitsu from your opponent. Yeah. I th- you, I'm probably paraphrasing you or quoting you wrong and butchering it, but you're stealing jiu-jitsu from them rather than letting jiu-jitsu happen mm-hmm. with jiu-jitsu being that beautiful counterattack game where, you, where you, someone, you go with what your partner's giving you and counter that and trap that and, and set traps rather than force a technique. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most definitely. And I think in order for that to happen is you have to let the partner start their move and not, but you just can't let the partner finish a move because if they finish the move, then you're the one that's stuck in the trap. Yep. You know, but let them start it, but be very, very aware. Mm. As in let, let the fly start flying, mm. you know, but have your web 
um, nice and, 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 and woven mm. in a way that there's no holes in it, you know, that it's nice and sticky, yep. that it's in the right position, that it has an, a, a, like a, enough width, you know, yep. and yeah, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, it's a big enough web. Is, yeah. It's going to take a long time to, div- as a white belt, it's going to take a long time to build a nice big web. Well, Rome wasn't built in a day. Mm, yes. And I'll tell you why, Maddie. Why then, here's a question, and I, I think I have an answer, but I'd like to hear your mm-hmm. um, just idea of it too. Why do most white belts come in and try to take things? Why? Because I think they've for anybody seen, really for that matter. Like they've the, seen, everyone's instinct is to come in and take it. Because you want to achieve and you want to achieve the things you've learned. You want to confirm to yourself and to those around you that you can do what you've learned. Mm. So sometimes you try and force it because it's all you know maybe. Maybe all you know is how to do um, a bridge and roll from underneath Mount. So you're yeah. going to force it even when it's the, or try to force it even when it's the wrong time. There you go. That's a, such a beautiful point, you know, because if you're, let's put it into like a bit of a um, technical mm-hmm. kind of jiu-jitsu point of view. So how do you be, how can you be um, the spider in the corner, for example, like underneath mount? So the person's got to choke an arm in the collar mm. and you've, che- you've checked that collar, that, 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 that grip, sorry, in that arm. Mm. So you've kept your elbows in, you've locked that arm down. The arm that's trying to choke you, the first arm is locked down, you've got full control of mm. it. The second hand is waiting by the second collar. Yep. And just ensuring that the person doesn't finish the move of the cross collar choke mm-hmm. from the top. Now, when the person tries to go for that second technique and your hand's there, that's when you can intercept. Yes. Okay. And then that's when the, the, the upper bridge and roll can very easily um, happen. Mm. Or when your partner has like a hand on your throat, let's say, you know, from the bottom top in mount, but their head is very much to the side. Hmm. you check that arm you're controlling that arm here and you're waiting waiting for the right moment maybe guiding but not forcing your partner to you can't bridge and roll them to the other side if their head's on the opposite side this way you're gonna just kind of con them Hmm. con them into coming bringing their head on top of your head and that's the time that the mechanic of the upa works works best you know and if you try to force this upa when the time isn't right, what happens? You get choked. You, you get, get choked. Armbar. You get armbar. You give your back. You know, because it wasn't the right time. Mm-hmm. And I think, as you said, I think like the like the the beginners of the not even beginners, but people that are coming at like aggressively coming to you, m- m- perhaps haven't learnt mm. the strategy of what makes you to work. You know, because you can be a really strong person and just muscle your way around the mats and that's fine but the moment you get someone that's bigger and stronger than you then you can't do that anymore so it pays to become intelligent and the way to be intelligent is to understand the strategy of this stuff because it's not going to work against a bigger stronger person if your game relies on strength you know um, I will never be able to outmuscle Don. Can you bench uh, two hundred kilos? No, no. <laughs> yeah, if it was a if it was a strength battle, Don's winning that all the time, but it's not. Mm. And it, it it relies on us being told and me being told by Professor and me having me telling a lot of other people and Phil telling me when he comes back. You can't you can't force jujitsu like jujitsu has to come. So, for example, what Ryland said was, you can be the one. Sorry, um, you can be the you want to be the one, as in you want to have your web in like in perfect order, right? And you want to sit there, you want to um, stay camouflaged as the as the spider, yep. and then you want the fly to jump into your web. Yes. And then when the fly jumps into the web, then you can act and make your move and catch it and then wrap around it, um, et cetera, et cetera, right? Mm-hmm. So you still have to wait for, the, for your opponent to make that move. 
before you capitalize. So yeah. you have to wait for the mouse to come to the trap and smell the cheese before you can catch it. Absolutely. You can't throw the trap at the mouse. <laughs> no, you cannot. No. Well, you can, but you're just going to be unsuccessful with catching the mouse. And I think going back to your question of why do so many people try and take jujitsu or steal jujitsu, as we said, where they force it, is they don't know, maybe they know how to solve a trap, uh-huh. but they don't know the difference between trap A and trap trap B. So they'll just try and throw the one solution at to everything. that problem. Yep. Yes. Yep. So not knowing that certain answers go for certain questions, um, as opposed to, you know, this is a catch-all solution. There yep. is no catch-all solution in jiu-jitsu. No, there isn't. And that's why it takes time for this, for, for everything to work as it does, you know. Um, and that's why that's why it's a journey. That's why jiu-jitsu is a process, and that's why it requi- requires <laughs> you to come to class on the regular, you know, yes. and keep getting these different options and keep getting these solutions to every particular problem. So if you think about jiu-jitsu as a means of problem solving, that's when it becomes so much fun because the problems are, are unlimited. And in saying that, the solutions can be unlimited as well. Yes. You know, but but look for the problems and look to solve problems. Don't just smash right through them look for them and look to solve them in a way that um, is coherent and, and, and is efficient and is effective for yourself. Yep. Making sense so far, Maddie? Absolutely. You know, as a great example, uh, I had a roll with Pat earlier today. Yeah. And he was doing some beautiful armbar setups, except I kept being able to roll out of them. Yeah. You know, um, he was catching, isolating my arms really well, tricking me, but he never had a... a good enough control on my, my arm to stop where my thumb was going so I could turn my elbow. Okay. And very simple solution was adjust his grip and kind of de-throttle. Yep. And that's enough to then control my arm as opposed to just here where I've got this. As soon as you apply that throttle, yeah. you're, you've got a much better control. Very. It doesn't require a big elaborate change to his arm bar. It requires just a simple detail of adjustment. Did, yeah. Did Pat feel a little bit different today? He felt nice. Yeah, it's good. Well, me and Pat did a little um, shout out to Pat if he's here. We did we did a little um, private mm. before that class, and I think Pat Pat's a monster. Pat does yeah. really really well, mm. and the times that Pat Pat can do better if if he let people come to his traps. Yes, you know, and in order to do that, he has to just keep his web in the right like in the in the. The, uh, I don't know what he like woven the web has to be woven mm. and if something comes along and the prey is too big and it smashes the web or a little kid comes along and ruins the web just fix the web again you yes. know and just keep looking for the person to come in because when you try to throw the, the, the web at the fly the fly is too fast <laughs> yeah. like you know what that. I mean yeah, so, you, so, so you have to stay connected you have mm. to stay ready you know mm. um, connection is so important and then it gets to the point where feel what the person is doing and then make your decision based on that. Yes. And that's, I, I'm certain, like Pat's gonna, like, Pat, the, the, Pat's got so much um, ability, sure, and, and potential, you know, because he's got so many attacks. Yes. And if he turns those attacks into counterattacks, as was what we are talking about today in the, in the private, then um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be um, I think, oh, super effective. Mm. He's effective now. And it's going to be super effective as well. Absolutely. Um, and that's that's what we're talking about today, people, with regards to strategy. There is a strategy to this stuff. Um, and it took me a very long time. It actually took Phil to come into class and say, hey, you're, atta- you're, just, you're nothing but attacks mm. and tricks, you know. Um, instead, stay connected, okay? So for so on the mats, be an octopus. So one th- one re- another aspect of that is to be aware of yourself, Mm. of your surroundings. Use your own four limbs and your entire self to connect to the environment around you. As in, there's no use a spider having a web if it's not even connected to the ceiling, for example, like if it's just hanging off the ceiling, because then it's not effective. (laughs) It's just blowing in the wind. Yeah. Just hanging, that's not an effective web. Because then a bee comes along and tries to, and almost gets caught, but then just runs right through it. Yep. You know, because it's not, it's not, um, it's not stable, and it's not connected to anything stable. When you're on the floor, most of the time, the only thing you have to connect to is the floor. So if you want to push against your partner, you better have connection 
to the floor. To the floor, because that's the environment around you. Because that's a very paltry push. If you're not connecting to the ground, you're trying to connect just to your partner with air. There's nothing there. So when you're when you find a, um, a an able opponent who's connecting to the grounds and connecting through you, you're like, oh my lord, this guy feels like 200 kilos. Well, he actually he could be, because he's generating the force of 200 kilos through the ground. Because yep. that's one thing that we have people that's certain in jiu-jitsu. You can't dictate where your partner's um, moves are going to be. You can't dictate where their limbs are going to be. But you always know where the ground is. Mm. And everybody, it's very important that you feel the ground and you connect to the ground. Because yep. if your connection to the ground is better than your opponent's connection to the ground, you're winning that match. Mm. You know, you're winning that situation. You're the predator and they're the prey. Yes. You know, and that, you, you can feel that. It's like night and day. Um, so when you're connected to the ground first, then what you're able to do is scan your opponents. Mm from the bottom look out for them you know mm. um, know where you are in space and activate those suction cups whenever possible those suction cups are the, the skeleton the, yeah. the octopus if you didn't put that link together um, in order to connect like glue to your opponent's skeleton you need to be connected to your opponent first before your before your attacking techniques come into play you have to have that connection first I love that the, the real key point of that sentence, connect like glue to their skeleton. Yep. I was working with a student today in class and they kind of, it, for some of the grips for the escaping side control, they were just grabbing the material. Yep. And if you grab the material on my of my gi, I can sp spin my arm and counter those grips. Yep. But if you grab my skeleton, that's a whole other ball game. You know, if, if, if I'm underneath someone and I grab the material on the around their elbow, they can still punch me in the face. But if I hold their, your skeleton, I have a frame and a grip to control your skeleton. And what happens if we start doing no gi instead of gi? What am I going to grab when there's no, no gi to grab? Mm -hmm. I need to grab the skeleton. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone could have different moves, but everyone's got one kind of, kind of skeleton, one type of skeleton. Yeah. It all... In the same shape, yeah. Moves in different ways, different lengths of limbs. Yeah, for sure. But we understand that there are bones underneath, and if you can control those bones, and you can control what the person is doing, mm. um, connect everybody. Move yourself in order to mold around the opponent. You can't control what the opponent is doing, but you can control yourself when you are connected to your opponent. That's important. Absolutely. Um, that's really, really critical. So, for example, um, the octopus, when it's sitting there, when it's scanning what's going on above it, it can't kind of con the fish into coming in, mm. you know, but it can just, it can adapt and it's holding itself onto the rock, mm. you know, in certain ways and just ready, ready for the time that it's there to, to pounce. Understand your body so that you can be soft, not stiff and able to move in any direction without hesitation or preparation. Because Maddie, if your skeleton is moving and, and supple, and my skeleton is stiff, what happens? I can move around you, I can mold to you. you can, you're the one that molds to me. I can manipulate you a lot easier when you're stiff. Yep, exactly, because I've taken away my own mobility by virtue of my, myself being really just overly tight. Mm. And when your muscles, people, when you're really tensing your muscles, and this is consciously or unconsciously, really, a lot of people are tight without even knowing that they're tight. You know, just being on the mats, they, their idea of being on the mats and doing jiu-jitsu is just staying super tight. Um, that could be a, a disadvantage to yourself. So there's times that you gotta be loose and there's times that you, whoop, I'm sorry. There's times that you're loose and there's also, there's also times that you're, um, that you need to be tight, you know? but understand those times so that you can adapt. And you need to have a looseness to be able to go between the two. Well, you need to, there's a spectrum, right? Yes. And the spectrum more loose, and you don't wanna be so far to the left of the spectrum where you're like, just like a bag of bones. You're just floppy, just dangly. We're not a jellyfish. You're not a, you're not a jellyfish, you know? But um, you also don't wanna be super tight like you like those tentacles are poles, yes. like steel poles. Because steel poles can break. I can't imagine. Oh, no, that 
I was going to say steel poles probably aren't the best for swimming. Yeah, I don't know. What if they got an oar could be a steel pole? Yeah, but that, think about how much <laughs> force is required to you to move an oar. Like, look at like a rower's back. Why do they have these big muscly backs? Mm-hmm. I don't need a big muscly back. I just need to use it in the right way by being soft, supple, and molding to the environment as I need it. I like where you're going with I don't like, I don't see an octopus with like jacked up yeah. muscles, right? <laughs> well, an oct- octopus is supple, you know, yeah. and it kind of uses its limbs nicely in order to move elegantly through the mats mm. and through the water, sorry. It flows and, and projects along gracefully. Mm-hmm. That way, anywhere the prey goes, you're able to follow. Mm. So again, we're not dictating what the prey is doing. We're not forcing the prey into doing anything. We're just adapting to it and waiting for the right time to strike. I think that's really, really important. So for example, think about this in a snake. How's this for the animal animal analogies today? Um, a snake, when it's like, uh, like at least a boa constrictor, like when it's constricting its prey, it doesn't like um, become inefficient and try to um, squeeze you straight away. A snake is feeling you and feeling for the times you breathe out. Yeah, and then and it goes tighter. You try to breathe in, you breathe out again. Goes tighter, mm. goes tighter, goes tighter. Because a snake is lazy or it's efficient and it wants to use as little effort as is possible. So if you're trying to thrash, like trying to fight like a, something that's um, strong, that's not the right time. So let the person breathe out. And when they breathe out, that's when it's time for the snake to kind of come a little bit tighter on you. Um, so so the, the, even the snake is adapting to, the, to its prey. You know, keep your prey in your hands and stay free and away from danger. And with the right technique at the right time, that's when you latch onto them and you, and you take them for good. Maddie, there's a time. There's a time for things. The right technique at the right time is the right technique. Thanks, Hannah Gracie. The right technique at the wrong time, that's the wrong technique. Mm. Yeah, you can have a perfect bridge and roll, but bridge and roll's not going to help you when the person's in guard. <laughs> it's yeah. a bit of a crazy analogy, like crazy long shot off it, but you know, bridge and roll isn't always the solution. Okay, and even a cross-collar choke isn't a solution when the partner on top in guard has really good posture. Cross-collar choke isn't a solution from on top of guard. When you're in top guard, mm-hmm. yeah, you can you, you damn straight can put your hands in that collar real well, but you're going to get armbarred. Yeah, if the person knows what they're doing from the bottom, that's not the right time to go for a cross-collar choke, right? It's the wrong time to go for a cross-collar choke. Um, and so that's why we're talking about the time as well. And timing, timing beats, um, what can I say? Uh, Precision beats power, timing beats speed. Something like that. Yes, there's a right time. There's a right time for your techniques to work. And that's part of the strategy of what we're talking about too. We have to understand this people. Jiu-Jitsu isn't just about you know my technique versus your technique. There's a way to put all this stuff together. And if you don't think about, if you don't think about jiu-jitsu like this, and it's only like my attacks versus your attacks, you're not doing it in, a, in the most effective way. Mm. You know? Um, and you're probably putting yourself in danger when you didn't have to be putting yourself in that kind of danger. Mm. Don't chase. You know? There are massive sharks and dolphins and lots of prey hunting for you as the octopus that is. If you chase after your prey, you become the prey. Mm. When you chase, you expose yourself to the dangers around you. And usually it's the risk to benefit ratio that's out of your favor. You wanna mitigate risk. You wanna, you wanna make sure, you wanna defend and minimize the opportunities that your opponent has. So don't give your opponent opportunities, just sit back and stay safe and wait Europe like wait ready you're ready you're waiting um, and then that's that could be, there's gonna be a time that you make that counter-attack happen that's why you linger in safe hiding spots that's why you camouflage into the abyss that's why you set up traps and wait for your prey to come to you all the while you stay safe and you stay away from harm you focus on defense and you patiently wait for your prey to fall into your numerous traps and like the spider mm-hmm. 
you don't just because a, a fly has landed on your web you don't rush and assume that it's in the trap yeah you got to make sure it's under control in the trap before you spring it sometimes i see spiders like something will catch it and it runs out there and it starts weaving its web around the prey as well sometimes it's got to be quick well probably the judgment it judged hold on this is pretty good it's my moment i'm yes. gonna go in now i it, it will wait to feel how trapped it is because if a fly like and it does it with a vibration it, right correct right? yeah it yeah. feels uh-huh so it feels ah this one's stuck good yeah but you're not just because you might be in side control you're on top of side control and you've isolated an elbow it doesn't mean you've got the elbow and you can go for the armbar control it first mm-hmm. make sure you've got it good before you commit before you go to the next step yeah because otherwise that's going to get out it's mm-hmm. like if that fly is only stuck on one leg it'll probably get free and then and then the thing is you might say oh there's no harm done by trying but then maybe in the in the point of escape your partner regards as well mm-hmm. and now you're back in their guard so it's like okay you went to go forward but you took two steps back three steps back god forbid you landed on the snake and you went five steps back all the way to the bottom of the thing yeah you're gonna take have to find some good ladders to get back up uh-huh exactly so look for the ladders look for the points that you know you can improve on your position um and in order to do that you have to stay um just careful and mindful of your partner's partner's traps as well is this making sense absolutely beautiful be intelligent this is the jiu-jitsu you, you want to aspire to. At least high jiu-jitsu students, this is what you want to aspire to. Everyone can do what they like. But we have to understand that there's bigger, stronger, faster predators around you. And you can try to keep up with them. You can try to play their game, but eventually you'll tire and you'll die. An octopus, as much as it tries, it can't swim faster than a shark. You know, so it's got to... It's gotta, bring the shark to its own not the shark it's got to bring the fish to its own environment we said we said that russell um if you want to fight an alligator if, if you're going up against an alligator don't fight it in the swamp yes right so okay, so take the prey out of its own comfort zone and bring it into your comfort zone mm. and that's where it's most vulnerable uh sometimes it's fun to feel like a shark but even then the shark runs into battles that can't win such as? Like probably a killer whale will probably give a shark a good run for its money. Yeah, I'd imagine it would. Imagine it give a... I'd like to see that battle, actually. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube. So, <laughs> so people, you know, just understand that not every battle is... Um, yield to win. Sometimes you have to yield. Sometimes you have to yield to one battle to win something else in another position. Yeah. So, when, um, you know... But this is what you were saying before. You kind of let your opponent start and don't finish. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you may let see that they're going to get the pass. Don't resist it. Let it happen. But set yourself up so that once they finish passing, you're already in your next position with the trap. So yield. Let them get what they want because you know that they're going to move into the next trap rather than resisting and fighting off that one thing that they're probably going to get anyway. Well, yeah, maybe it was too late. Maybe you kind of missed the opportunity. Yeah. So be it. Look for the next one. Mm. You know, and that's that's really really important. Instead of like, um, instead of fighting battles that are very hard, if not cannot be won, mm. play instead play the defensive game. Pick and choose the battles that you'd like to play, and wait patiently for your partners to fall into those traps. This way of training will allow you to live your days safe free from pain and injury you know like the the spider's worried about the bird coming and eating it you're worried about the fellow jiu-jitsu student coming in and taking your neck and making you tap god forbid putting you in a nasty armbar and going too far with it and kind of hurting you mm. you know um we have to be safe everybody and you have to think about this martial art as a means of self-defense first you know, and when we talk about this as self-defense, that's another idea of strategy. The strategy is right there. What does that mean? Self-defense. Self-preservation. Yes. Preserve yourself first. Preserve, preserve your limbs. Preserve your neck. Preserve your position. Preserve your state of health. First. 
before worrying about going to attack, mm. you know, coming over your opponent. Because if we're to do this properly, we have to stay safe. Even when you're attacking, you have to preserve yourself. Even if it's that's a counterattack. That's why you counterattack. But even a counterattack, it's still an attack. So don't counterattack if it's going to injure you. What's the difference in a counterattack and an attack? Well, a counterattack is, is, is it's being the mousetrap, but don't spring your mousetrap if it's faulty. You may think that you're countering someone, but if you're still in a bad position, maybe you're trying to, someone's trying to pass and you counter with an armbar. Yeah. But they stack you. So you're, you're, you're now in a faulty position. Preserve your neck. Don't worry about the arm if your neck's in peril. Yeah. You know, if they've stacked you in that position. Well, there's a battle right there, right? My spine and safety of my spine versus taking the person's arm. I choose my spine every day of the week. 100%, so would I. Um, and that's how you can be intelligent and that's how you can be safe and that's how you can understand self-defense, self-preservation first, mm. you know, by not going after that arm at the expense of your neck because that's stupid. Mm. Best of all, you'll have fun, you'll learn effectively and you'll enjoy this practice of jiu-jitsu for many, many years to come. Mm. If, and you'll be, you'll be super effective if you understand this strategy. To be honest, Maddie, I feel like, hey, listen, honestly... I feel like I sometimes fall back into that aggressive oh, mode too. All the time. To be I, honest, against you sometimes, against Oscar sometimes. Oh, yeah. Because I think there's like a bit of like residual kind of jujitsu in my head, like based on like previous experiences. Yes. And this is, how we, this is how we came up initially. I think there's also, from my point of view, I know there's some ego sometimes as well. Yeah. Like... I come up against Oscar and I'm like, oh, I want to get him because you know, he's above me and I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit that. And it's like, I want to, it's almost like I have this thing I need to prove myself. Yeah. This like fake thing in my mind. And it's like, well, hang on. By doing that, I'm becoming the prey yeah. because I'm jumping, I'm jumping headfirst into his traps. Yeah. And he'll, he'll <laughs> and he just spanks me every time. And I'm yeah. like, I can either spiral and keep going, oh, I've got to keep jumping in and, and catch him myself. I've got to be faster with jumping yeah, in. Yeah, I've got to do better, blah, blah. Or I can go, hang on, this is a stupid strategy. Uh-huh. And just try and worry, <laughs> a, con- worry about controlling him and his limbs and preventing his movement more than diving in and trying to get these submissions. And I, it's same with you, uh, even Danny. Like... I noticed I was with Danny. I was like, oh, I've got to prove that I'm, I'm king. Yeah. And then he'd spank me. He's like, oh, okay. Look. And then I'd step back and I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, all right, his limbs are there. How am I going to solve this problem? And started to frame and, and just work and not dive into things and not try and force anything, not try and force passes. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like, hey, there we go. I'm, I'm doing much better now. A hundred percent. Yes, man. Be intelligent with your jiu-jitsu. Don't dive into shit. Pardon the French. Many, many ways. There's many ways of doing jiu-jitsu, and the choice is ultimately yours, right? We can't, we're not sitting here saying, you must do it like this. This is the only way of jiu-jitsu. There's many ways of doing it. Um, you can choose to play the short game and do what works for you right now without thinking about what's to come. Or you can invest in your future self now so you can live a long, prosperous life on the mat and off. The choice is yours, nobody else's. You decide. But just take it just take a note and just think about like the times that you've been submitted. What have you been trying to do? Mm. You know, like so the times that I get caught is when I'm like putting myself out there. Mm. Boom, that's what happens. Absolutely. You know, like and um I think we can all all of us can be reminded of this. You know, because it's very, very easy to fall into being like gung-ho attack. Yep. And kind of on your point, Maddie, as per last time, like when white belts come in or when anybody for that matter comes in, some people have done jiu-jitsu before have been taught, be first, be first, mm. be first, go hard, be first. My wife's watching um, Cobra Kai right now. Oh, yeah. Strike first, strike hard, no yeah. mercy, Cobra Kai. <laughs> you know, and they're kind of taught from the beginning, hey, go after them go after it, go after it, go after it. And I think, Maddie, like, you know, just our culture of today is like, you know, especially with regards to fitness and health and all of that is like, go out and get it. You know, this is your thing. Go do it, go do it. Go fight for what you want, for example. Mm. 
And it's something that might trickle into like this idea of jiu-jitsu on the mats as well, which is why, to be honest, I always think about higher jiu-jitsu as Miyagi-Do over Cobra Kai. You know, because because Cobra Kai is still a karate school and they still do karate, but Miyagi-Do like does it in a different way, with a different strategy in mind. You know, so there's a little bit of like Karate Kid um, references for you, but just understand that there's just different different strategies there. You know, yes. and and I kind of came up being first, going hard, and then you, like up for example, I'd go up against Shahar, and then it's like that guy's just countering you all the time, and it took me like years under Pedro Sal Association to realize what he's doing. Before I just thought his technique was better, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh. now I'm like he he's he's countering everything that I'm doing, mm-hmm. and it's beautiful. That's the jujitsu that I want. Because I know that that's what can um, stand the test against bigger, stronger people. Absolutely. And that's what this martial art promises, yes. does it not? Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, Jiu-Jitsu, BJJ, whatever. I heard it. It's the way that a smaller, weaker person can, can survive and defend themselves against bigger, stronger opposition. opposition. Mm. And so when you're coming in and you're playing like the aggressive be first game, then it doesn't help it like it, it's not how you can it's not how you beat somebody bigger stronger than you no you can't which is why there's weight classes as well in jiu-jitsu too mm. but then jiu-jitsu is one of very few martial arts that also has an absolute division yeah why is that because there is a chance for the smaller person to with overcome good te- with good technique with good technique and good technique at the right time mm. you know the small person can definitely defend themselves and overcome a much bigger stronger position but we have to understand the strategy behind it. Does that make sense, Maddie? Absolutely. Um, is there anything else for you that you'd like to say, Maddie, about this? Um, just be intelligent. Uh, and it's a bit of a separate topic, but don't let that ego get in the way. Because that ego can lead you down the rabbit hole of trying to dive into things and attacking. Yep. Be patient. We don't don't measure your success in jiu-jitsu on tapping people that's a huge one yeah man if anything uh, this is what i tell our boys and girls who come in for the first time be way more excited about not getting submitted Mm. than about submitting other people yes that's the that's the perfect start i think i think i think we need to worldwide we need to stop putting the submission as the as the the golden pedestal yes that's the ideal that's the ideal but that's not what the we should be rewarding we should be rewarding not getting submitted well look at least just understand that submission like the ex- submission starts with not getting submitted yes what do, what's the thing we say in class all the time defend escape control submit that's the Gracie brothers Hannah and Huron right there that's their, that's their, yeah. that's their system so you defend yourself then you can escape from a terrible position. Then you can control the person. You kind of control the person in defense as well a That's, little bit. Yep. But then you submit. So part of defense is controlling too, you know? So controlling from the bottom or controlling from... And We're always in control of our opponent. Just because we're on the bottom doesn't mean that you're not in control of your opponent because then you're going to be getting absolutely. rings run, run, ran around you. Now, I know that when I'm against a white belt, I can probably skip some of those steps. Yeah. But if you want to have good jujitsu against a high-level person, you cannot skip any steps. Mm-hmm. Against a bigger, stronger person, you cannot skip steps. Yep. So come into class, learn the technique, ask questions, mm. play with things. Because I think by playing with it is when you can start to understand the strategies that work well and the strategies that don't work well. You can mm. start to refine your timing. Yeah. You know when you are playing with your partners, because if you're going super gung ho, really, really hard and yet you don't know how to do it, then A, you're not going to do it well, and B, you're going to develop bad habits in the long run. You know, they're going to be very, very hard to kind of um, shake off. And the last, yeah, and the last thing to to add to that is don't go gung-ho because then you're showing your cards. That's another of Professor's beautiful analogies. Yeah. When you're playing poker, and jiu-jitsu is a lot like poker. I mean, your trap is the hand that you have. Mm -hmm. Am I going to show you my trap and say, hey, walk into it? Mm-mm. hey by the way this is a trap you might slow play it you know you might kind of but 
if I show you a trap and it's clear to you it's a trap, there's no way you're going to, I can ever spring it because you know it's coming. You're not going to step on it. Yeah. The only way you would step on that trap is if you knew how to counter my trap. Mm-hmm. So you'd spring my trap so you could counter with your own. But this is the strategy. Don't show your cards. If you attack someone, you're showing your cards. Yeah. You're showing me where your body wants to go so I know how to move with it and how to, you know... I may not yet, but I'm hoping with time I'll be able to learn enough of these things to, to move with and, and, and counter it, you know? And I guess, you know, that's that's what we're talking about with regards to counterattack versus attack. Like yes. That's the difference. Attack is when you're just going out first um, and you're leaving your neck out with the, with the chance of catching your partner. The counterattack is when your partner comes out to attack and then that's going to be your ability to come over the top and, and respond to their first attack with your secondary attack is the one that sticks yeah. as well. Um, so let your partner do their thing, you know, and read what they're doing. Don't let them finish it. And then you can come over the top with your counter. Yep. You're reading, you're listening to your opponent. You're feeling what they're doing all the time. There's, there's two people in a role. It's not just you. Yeah. There's two people. So listen to what your partner wants and work with your partner because that's going to be the best way to overcome your partner. Mm. I love this, Maddie. I think this has been a great chat. Um, any final thoughts? Uh, I, I was thinking, you know, what the, the, the submission is probably the hardest, not the hardest part, but if you want to learn to, to go through these, uh, that, that defend, escape, control, submit, I'd like to think of control my strategy of controlling someone mm-hmm. or even the defend to escape to control would for me be like the the strategy of spreading breadcrumbs yeah and leading someone along a path yeah so i want to lead them along a path and let learn learn how to guide someone without forcing them so maybe i'm in uh, a mount and i want them to dismount i might not be able to get a bridge and roll because they might be smart. Yeah. So I'm going to leave some breadcrumbs to make their trail, to make them follow this trail so I can maybe I can encourage them to dismount themselves. Mm-hmm. That's a form of control by learning how to make them feel uncomfortable from any position. That's part of the strategy too. Mm-hmm. You know, we did it today in class under side control. How to get myself safe to a point where the person on top doesn't feel comfortable and they want to move. Yeah. That's you know giving them some breadcrumbs hey that that position's going to be better but it's actually that's a trap that's a trap i love it oh people that's why jiu jitsu is so much fun that's why we've been doing it for like i've been doing it for 12 13 years now and i just feel like i'm just scraping the barrel just just getting started with it because for every problem there's a there's a solution and there's unlimited problems yeah, and there's unlimited on. solutions so we're going to be here till the end um, trying to work all these out so Thanks for being. Thanks for joining, everybody. Thanks for being a part of it. Um, thank you for listening. We hope one more time that we've helped you out in your jiu-jitsu journey, and we appreciate you listening. Thanks, us, us, everybody. Yeah.